Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for joining me today. I really appreciate your support, your presence. I am feeling a lot better today and uh, the cough is gone. So thank you very much for that um, and for coming back again and again every day. So today we're going to talk about the third world um, because I saw in a very interesting video on YouTube, developing countries are not easily bullied anymore. A talk with Dr. Vijay Prashad. I'm going to post the link on the website or on on. Um, um, on um, Hub Hopper, and y'all are most welcome to watch it. It is fantastic. Um, and here we go. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk to you about the third world. Okay, so who who knows the uh, definition of the third world? Not many people think that are poor countries, rising up countries, um, like people don't know what the West is. The concept of Cold uh, West. Uh, East and West came up with the Cold War. Before the Cold War, there was no West. So um, the West are uh, uh, Latin countries, Western European countries who retaliated against Hitler. Uh, and the East was um, East was countries, uh, uh, Orthodox countries. So basically it's Latin Christian church versus the uh, Orthodox Christian Church is just another layer of that. Okay, like I said, we're always layers and layers and layers of labels that make us up. So the Latin Church is basically forms those countries from the West, Latin Western Europe, and um, the 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 East um, in the Cold War was uh, Russia, the Soviet Union, and all their allies and the Soviet bloc. So the West versus the East, that came about, that rhetoric came around about that narrative, and now it's stuck. It's always the West, the West. We think the West is America. Um, any uh, West, West is anything beyond Europe and beyond. But no, it's a terminology that came up during the Cold War, literally. Similarly, uh, the Third World. We all think the third world are developing nations, but the third world is not developing nations. That's not how it came about. So the, the term third world arose during the Cold War. It was used to define countries that were non-aligned. Okay, uh, So they were not aligned with either NATO or the um, or the Warsaw Pact. So with NATO, you had the United States, Canada, Japan, South Korea, Western nations of Europe, and their allies all represented the first world. The second world was the Eastern Bloc. So Soviet Union, China, Cuba, North Korea, Vietnam. So they represented the Soviet Bloc. The third world was a non-aligned movement led by India, and Yugoslavia, okay, for all those who don't remember, uh, born after the 90s, Yugoslavia was a country, it was balkanized, and we have the separate republics of uh, Kosovo, uh, although some people don't agree with them, obviously, Serbia, Serbia, Kosovo, Montenegro, uh, Croatia, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, um, I think that's it, um, 
not sure about that all the same but anyway um these form the uh yugos former uh, country of yugoslavia and that former country um along with india was um led was non aligned and this label stuck uh it was a political rather than economic grouping okay it was not an economic grouping a development grouping it was just a political grouping to define people who were neutral not interested in fighting of war to define or to hostage themselves in these in the war in the second world war the cold war i mean they were tired of war um and and that's why they they stayed out they they were like we're not really interested in in becoming to doing what you want us to do so that stuck now both of these nations and and third world countries who were non aligned basically um were um were non industrialized okay basically not as industrialized as europe because industrialization of the of the world started with europe i mean to the extent uh that it is today um started with europe we have britain with the industrial revolution so because they were indust non in non industrialized nation they were less economically off uh because they couldn't produce in mass couldn't feed their people um obviously there were also countries that were formerly colonized um and that's why we had the term third world being ref- uh, reflected as economically poor so it then became later on this political alignment of non-aligned countries then became uh termed as economically poor countries countries which have less money no money a lot of poverty uh, and that 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 concept began to stick because we forgotten that non uh, the third world is actually uh just a political narrative uh that's all it is um and so we got stuck with this derogatory word every time you use it i always felt why are we labeled as third world non aligned uh, sorry uh economically poor people it was like a scourge like calling someone the n word or saying kufar that's how not a third world country means to me oh we are you know like village people when actually the bulk of these countries forming the third world were actually colonized nations uh the europeans came colonized took the money left uh, and and sourced and, and financed their industrialization through the colonization of these of the colonies so all these um, commonwealth nations french nations francophone nations uh, P- portuguese uh, colonies they were all they, they all financed the trade and and the industrialization of the western bloc so we are not poor because or economically off we were kept poor we were forced to be poor we were sold a lie an ideology just like the uh, islamic invaders and the colonizers of their time so they sold us this ideology that oh we are better than you oh you're this you're that uh, we are better you're kufar we are uh, w- uh, we are the deen we are the real deen um oh you're you're going to hell so they sold us a story and only to keep us poor and if we wanted to be rich we had to join the alignment and we said no we stood up and kicked them off similarly with europe they actually 
kept us poor because they needed cheap labor, they needed money uh, to, to finance their industrial revolution. So that's how they become industrialized and they become economically super superior, not because of anything. Now you have Europe coming down, you have the Western world coming down. Why? Because there's no more slaves. You can't slave the world forever. So there's no more slaves and these former colonies are not scared to, to challenge the status quo and say, right, up and they don't like it obviously um so that my dear friend is the third world to remember you now these countries that form part of the third world um you know, want to get out of the stereotype and it, it's become a dangerous stereotype and we keep telling and negating it to ourselves. So we're never going to go anywhere unless we change this term. Okay. Um, and so this this term is now changing slowly, and it's uh these dwell we call it developing nations. So not so as to not be derogatory, we 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 use the word developing nation. No, we've already developed. We had um we had civilizations way before all uh, all these Arabic invaders, Islamic invaders came along. The European invaders. We. Not to say that they didn't have a civilization, because I do believe that they had with the Romans, the Cartesians, the Phoenicians, um, the Greeks, all of them had. But yes, we are... Um, Asia had a huge, huge civilization way before, uh, way far advanced, especially the Vedic belt. Um and so this term has become derogatory. It's now become developing nations. And from there, these newly industrialized nations uh, of Brazil, China, India are now commonly known as BRIC. We've heard that term very often. They have changed the label and they have become BRIC countries. That means the BRIC block, um, B-R-I-C, that's Brazil, uh, Russia, is it Russia? Um India and China. Um, I think there's South Africa in it because that's uh, the S that's added at the end. Uh, or Saudi Arabia wants to join. So that's a little story about uh, that's a little story about um, third world. So anytime someone tells you what's a third world, uh, third world actually is a political narrative uh, word, a concept coming out of the Cold War, basically used. Um, to do only one thing, to talk about non-aligned countries. Um, and so don't use the word very often. Oh, I cannot tell you what to do, but it's it's not acceptable to accept that word anymore because we're not economically well off unless we tell ourselves, we, we uh, program ourselves to think better, to think out of the box, to think positive. We will only manifest the energy that we are being brainwashed with. If we tell ourselves we are economically poor, we'll be that way all the time. So you have to change the mindset, change the vocabulary in order for you to rise above the status quo. And that is important. So, um, like I said, I was watching the video and saying uh, on YouTube, which talked about um, the third world rising. You cannot bully this third world anymore because we're not, we are not really third world. We are actually a first world nation. We are first world nations. And the problem is, um, like I said, we, we ended up with colonization and we've been stolen our resources. After that, we got stuck with socialism, Marxism, communism, and now even that 
is going. We're rising above the status quo. We've got confidence and you cannot take us off the block. Um, so, um, you know, there is, there is hypocrisy there with the the UN, there's hypocrisy there with the uh, US, the Western countries, the first world bloc. Now, like I said, the US dollar uh, two days ago, the US dollar is the currency of the world and the UN is the hegemony of the US to protect that financial power. Okay. Um, but um, so they're going to do anything and everything to get to get us to stay down, to stay below par, to stay below the belt and not rise up so that they keep their hegemony intact. They keep their uh, financial power intact. Uh, but in spite of, you know, uh, research after research after research um, coming up when showing social inequality, um, uh, what would you call um global warming uh rising economic in in uh, economic um disparity uh nothing is being done and the western bloc or should i say the so-called first world countries are doing everything to make sure that we stay below the power um for example, the Ukrainian-Russian war, okay? We know that behind the scenes, this is a war started by NATO. It's the same way that uh, the US and NATO, US used NATO to start a war in um in Yugoslavia because Yugoslavia, uh, Europe uh, had got the dot the euro and to weaken the euro they had to start a war to get off to get the people off the dollar to to get the euro to be lower than the dollar it worked the the balkans were the yugoslavian country was balkanized it disappeared and new countries came in its place but it was it was this was a war that was provoked very very clearly um so similarly in the Ukraine's, uh, Ukraine war, this is a war that's provoked. The NATO has been warned for a very long time not to increase its borders, um, go close to Russian borders. This was a treaty, not signed, but it's a verbal commitment. And when they, when they started NATO in all those years ago, 50, 60 years ago, after the world wars, uh, they knew that if they, inc they, they went closer towards Russia, they were, they were asking for trouble, which is exactly what they have been doing for so long. Uh, and now they've come up to Russia's door. What do you expect? You're going to have the war. Uh, so this is a war that was provoked uh, by and stoked by the by. Uh, the first world countries, NATO, should I say, NATO, NATO countries. And most people, most countries are tired of it. The Asian countries are tired. African countries are tired. They do not want to be part of this. They have no intention of being part of this endless cycles of war, endless ideologies and endless mindset of wars. They're looking for stronger economics. They're not interested in being being held hostage to this negative, corrosive mindset. Very, very important. Um, and, um, and similarly, uh, similarly in, in, uh, how they started the war in Yugoslavia, they brought down the Yugoslavian president. I do not remember what his name, um, 
Goran Slobikvich, I can't get his name anyway, but he was the one who started a genocide. But why did it happen? Because it provoked by by NATO. Similarly, in in um, in Pakistan, uh, uh, we know that the genocide in Bangladesh was was supported by the U.S. Uh, and Western nations. It was fully openly supported by the U.S. Who helped us? Uh, Russia helped us. Russia helped stop that genocide. Russia did not help uh, just come here for love and fresh air, but there was a genocide going on. Three million people, 10 million people displaced. It was the largest displacement in the second half of the se- of the 20th century. Um, but again, it was provoked uh, by... Um, by Pakistan, the U.S. supported it because they needed Pakistan for their geopolitics. And guess what? Uh, we had a genocide. So the U.S. will provoke any war to keep its hold or its financial power. We've seen this in Libya. We've seen this in Iraq. They started these wars. Um, I wouldn't say started these wars. The the wars, the trouble was already boiling under the surface. Okay, we know that it did not start with the U.S., but they they very nicely came and and uh, you know put their foot in the in the mud. And guess what? It's gone out of um you know it's gone downhill ever since then. Uh, but they took a, they took off uh, Saddam Hussein, who wanted also uh, looking for um a single currency. Um, who they used they used very much. They used used him and now then they destroyed him they killed him once they didn't have anything for him same thing Osama bin Laden they used bin Laden and they got rid of him when they didn't want him they set a trap for uh, for Russia Russia did not start the Afghanistan war the Afghanistan war was very clearly as mentioned by Gates a former uh, defense secretary in the US he says very clearly it was the trap was laid by Pakistan and the United States uh Pakistan wanted money, so they were willing to do the dirty work, rent their land and leverage their geopolitics and the armed forces uh, to create trouble in in Afghanistan because they had to forget the 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 genocide in in Bangladesh. So they used uh, Osama bin Laden when they didn't need him. They got him down, but they've destroyed. They rented Afghanistan for proxy war and they got destroyed. Guess who's getting destroyed now? Um, Pakistan, he's, they're paying the price. The, the cycle is coming full circle. Uh, so these third world countries now, I said, enough is enough. Completely enough is enough. We are not interested in the narrative of war. We are not interested in good over evil. Um, just because the U.S. has financial power, economic power, they have a strong military, it does not mean that they are good. They are the good people or the morally superior people. Neither are anyone who allies with this, uh, this type of mentality, this Abrahamic mentality. Um, good versus evil, us versus them, oppressor versus oppressed. Why is the United States always the... Uh, the um, uh, the savior of the world. I mean, apparently we all we already had Jesus Christ who was the savior. Why do we need another savior? Because they don't. This narrative of savior of the world of Jesus Christ was only a narrative. It was nothing. It meant nothing. It was a narrative to colonize your mind and keep you on a plantation. Uh, and guess what? Uh, now that you're colonized, that your mind has been brainwashed with this us versus them. You you have in steps the United States. They have. 
lot of money, they have economic power, and no one is going to challenge them because their money is used all over the world. It's the currency of the planet. So no one's going to challenge them, whatever they say. Um, and they think that just because no one's challenging them, they are morally superior to call out good versus evil, to project themselves as good while everyone else is evil, and you have to submit to my hegemony. That is not happening anymore. Uh, that is why we're getting off the dollar. We have multiple groups trying to do that. Uh, recently, we have we um, Western African countries who had to use the colonial uh, C um, CFC. CFC is uh, the Central African franc, which is a currency that's used by Central, Central African countries who were former French colonies. And that way, France kept its hegemony, its its uh, hold on Africa, on African nations, uh, because France kept its hold, they have always been poor. They're, they have done everything to make sure that these African countries never get out of their poverty. But why are these African countries sticking up to it? I mean, why can't they get out of it? Because they're making their leaders are also filling their pockets with it. They don't care as long as their pockets are filled. They don't care about anything else. They don't care about the people who are weak, who are poor. But now they are saying no. And they've just trying, uh, just now, one of the nations have given up their Central African franc. And one once does it, when one person does it, other people do it too. And slowly by slowly, this single currency of the Central African franc, you can look it up, Google it, what the Central African franc is, uh, they will... Um, um, they will also have another currency for themselves in order to uh, rise up above the status quo and not be dependent on a, a third... Uh, third party to run their economics and take and finance their own uh, military and finance their lifestyle through the um, subjugation, uh, financial and economic subjugation of another country. Uh, so we are paying for the lifestyle of Europe and, and I wouldn't say Europe, but we are paying for the lifestyle of the United Kingdom. Uh, sorry, of the United States, we are paying for the lifestyle, the Africans are paying for the lifestyle of France through the use of this franc. Uh, we are saying no, we're rising up, we do not want to be part of that journey, and it is important to understand. Um, so now, um, what is happening basically? Uh, the US knows that the de-dollarization is happening. Okay, so the U.S. has to create a diversion, and that's one of the reasons we have the Ukraine-Russian war. The diversion is the same diversion like we had in Yugoslavia, which was balkanized. We had in, uh, um, in Afghanistan, where the country is completely destroyed. It will not come back in a 100 years. Uh, it's a given. It will come back. No two things about it, but not in a 100 years. Um... Yes, so um, absolutely, they have started the Ukraine-Russian war. Now, they're trying to convert, convince us that they are the good people and Russia is evil. Remember, I've always said, it's our currents that form the waves, it's not the waves that form the currents. So the U.S. is responsible for their narrative. Um, 
It's also you will only attract people who are mirror image of who you are. You're not going to attract someone who's completely different of you. For those who don't understand, who think that the earth is flat, this good versus evil comes only from Abrahamic mentalities. It comes uh, from the mentality of of the savior of the world, God versus the devil. God is the good guy. The devil is the bad guy. And so good versus evil, us versus them, the oppressor versus oppressive. The moment you give yourself a narrative, you can consider yourself morally superior. And by that moral superiority, you have, you have the right to oppress, to to define who is the oppressor, just like in the caste system, they invent the caste system, they put the narrative all over the place, they divide you, they create tensions, they create communal tensions, and then they say, oh, look, the Hindus are caste. Once the Hindus say they're caste, then they have the right to put laws into, into the country, laws everywhere to stop the Hindus from going forward because the Hindus are the oppressors and the poor little people of caste are the oppressed and the morally superior us versus them, good versus evil, egalitarian, Abrahamic uh, religions who have committed genocide after genocide for 3,000 years, they will, they will finally define you and say, okay, no, you're going to stay back. They're going to hold you back while they let who, people who align with them um, and their ideology rise up the status quo, uh, give them votes, give them money, give them power. That's all about money and power, divide and rule. So uh, again, us versus them is divide and rule. It's the new... Um, where it's the new walk, it's it's camouflaged by this tent of wokeness, which is actually uh, just uh, to hold you hostage to their power. They want to control you. They have to make you hostage so that you submit to them, their glory. You give them the votes. You give them the money. If not, they'll hold you back. And if they hold you back, it's over for you. Uh, they will rise up. And they will finally take over. But they don't understand that we have currents and waves. They will go up, but they'll also come down. So, you know, uh, this is what you call flat earth mentality. And that's why Abrahamic groups in the so-called first world nations are, have been at war forever. They call themselves first world, but they've never stopped being at war because they do not understand the earth is not flat. So now they're giving us the Ukraine versus Russia. Putin is bad. Who made Putin? Who made Putin? It was the West who made Putin. Okay, they, um, they, uh, from Tony Blair to George Bush uh, to uh, state actors in the U.S., non-governmental actors in the U.S., civil servants in the U.S., they all propped up uh, Putin. They were the ones who gave their economic system to Russia. They helped Russia set up the economic system. They actually supported Putin. They even manipulated an elections in uh, uh, for. Boris Yeltsin. Boris Yeltsin lost his second term in office, was it, if I'm not mistaken, or third term? But he lost that power. He was losing, and there was someone else who was coming, who won the elections. They manipulated Russian elections in order to give Boris Yeltsin power. And they were the ones who propped up Vladimir Putin. Remember, Putin was absolutely no one at one point. And then suddenly in 2007, Putin says, gives, rises up and gives a speech and says that he does not believe 
that there should be a single master in the world. That's right, like a caliph. Why should I bow down to a caliph, a, a queen uh, for the entire planet, for one country? That's perfect. Um, um, so why should... Um, they, why should there be one master in the world? All of a sudden, all the Westerners, all the first world nations, the Americans, turn around and suddenly said, oh, my power is being challenged. They put Putin down. Put Putin down, Putin down, Putin down. They they draw a narrative that Putin is the worst person in the world. Putin is bad. Putin is uh, the devil. Putin. Uh, we are the good versus evil. In two thousand eight, with didn't we have this crisis in Georgia? One of the uh, former USSR Soviet states. Uh, we had the crisis over there in two thousand and fourteen. I'm not sure when we had the crisis in Georgia, um, 2008 or 2010, I'm not sure, but one of those years, just after Putin gives a speech. 2014, we had the Crimea, uh, Crimea crisis. Uh, two, sorry, uh, in 2014, uh, we had the uh, Ukrainian, um, the first crisis for Ukraine uh, when the, you know, the Malaysian airliner was shot down. Uh, 2014, uh, that was 2018. We had the Crimea. Um, I'm losing my dates, my friend. Uh, Crimea was annexed. Um, and yes, Crimea was annexed. Um, and now 2022, we've had the Russian war, uh, Russian Ukraine war. So all of this after Putin suddenly says. Oh, we um, we should not have a master in the world. That means I'm I'm okay to help you as long as you submit to my superiority, and that's basically the long and short. And this is how they control the third world. This is how they make sure you stay poor. This is how they make sure that you're divided. There's communal tension. There's harmony. They will start a war. Uh, they will create a diversion. They will stoke up tensions. And there you go. Next thing you know, they've brought you down. And this is exactly what they've done with every single person they've used, propped up. And there we go. Now comes Narendra Modi. Do you not think that they want to bring Narendra Modi down? Why? Because he is at the forefront. He's spearheading the charge to de-dollarize the 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 country uh, from and get him get them off this addiction of of money of uh, power of U.S. dollars. So they will stoke tension. Who is the best person? Who will stoke tensions? The opposition, the opposition to uh, Narendra Modi. And that's why we have the Khalistanis. They are being rented out, they're guerrilla war warriors to rent out to create and stoke tensions all over the India, whether India or the world. So you see these Khalistani separators always with creating tensions. Um, and then you have um, not only them, but you also have uh, Rahul Gandhi, who is in the opposition. So he has to drive a narrative that, oh my God, democracy is at stake, democracy is at stake. Why? Because he's getting money from these first world nations from who, um, who want to stop Narendra Modi. I mean, they're saying he's put behind bars because he of hate speech, but they've just put... Uh, uh, 
uh, what you call him, uh, Trump behind bars. Isn't that bad? So if democracy is down because Rahul Gandhi has been indicted, uh, democracy is down. If Trump is indicted, it, it goes both ways. But no, democracy is only down in India. Why is the narrative? Because of de-dollarization. And that is why, my friends, we had the violence at Ram Navni. The violence at Ram Navni was there only for one reason, to stoke tensions. So they stoke the tensions from the back door. They create the uh, violence, just like they did for the Godra riots. The, they burned the train. The moment the train burned, then they said, look, look, the Hindus are bad. The, the, uh, it's, it's, it's violent. They're calling, causing communal tensions from the back door. Then they'll, they'll, they'll run and they'll use the media to degrade um, Narendra Modi. And then you know you're going to stoke the tensions. You know there's going to be riots. The moment you have riots, you say, see the Hindus are bad. See the Hindus are bad. This is exactly what happened at Ram Navmi. And it's going to happen again and again and again. The tensions are being stoked by people who want to bring down the government and keep India poor. Why? Because if India is poor, then they'll be uh, they'll be a, a drug addict on the dollar. The uh, the American banks and the American imperialism will stay intact, and we will not be um, we will be their slaves forever. They can dictate us. They can colonize us through economics. They can convert us, force their Abrahamic ideology on us. Um, force the Abrahamic uh, superiority on us and tell us that we are bad people, tell us that we're poor pagans, tell us that we're kufar. So they have to create a narrative, they have to create an image of violence. And so because they have to create an image of violence that the Hindus are violent, they stoke the tensions. And guess who's, you, who's playing that platform? Rahul Gandhi. He is being paid for and he's being used across the board to stoke tensions from the inside to use his goons his mafia his license raj to stoke the tensions once they stoke the tensions guess what india gets a bad name hindus get a bad name so they see the hindus the hindus are bad the hindus are bad the hindus are bad that's the narrative that been driving for two thousand years or three thousand years and then every layer and layer you had you had it they blamed the Hindus for the for the violence in, in partition. They blame the Hindus for any violence in, in 2002. Now they're stoking violence again and they're blaming Hindus and say, oh, we must get the BJP down. Why do you want the BJP down? Because you want to fill your pockets and you do not want India to rise. You do not want India to get off the addiction of the US dollar. And that is the violence at Ram Navani because they need us to be economically poor. They need need us to be third world, my dear friends, not non-aligned, aligned to them, economically, financially, ideologically aligned to them. And that is why colonization is not over. This is an extension of their colonial hangover, my friends. It's just uh, a narrative, the same narrative that they've driven to bring down the Soviet Union, to bring down Putin, uh, who they prompt up, who they helped, and now he he went against them. He said, "No, I'm not. A, I'm not for this uh, supremacy." He said that I don't want one master of the world. I they, you can't be a master. You can't give one person, one group, so much of power. So they go and create a war, uh, three wars actually. 
four if you count the so if you count uh, Afghanistan they did the same thing in Libya they did the same thing in Iraq they did the same thing in Afghanistan uh, everyone who they work with who does not continue sticking up to them they bring down and that is why we have uh, the narrative against Narendra Modi to bring him down it's only one narrative and the narrative is to stop India from being a first world nation economically independent, economically powerful, and not to create problems in the world, not to be the master in the world, not to be, um, not to be um, uh, dependent on the world, but to be independent and take our responsibility and, and, and heal. But no, they don't need that. They don't understand that the earth is not flat. For them, the earth is flat. It has to be good versus evil, heaven versus hell, up versus the down, heaven versus uh, the angels versus oh, uh, pagans. Um, and that is the mentality. Well, my dear friends, as, as long as you understand this, uh, you're good to go. What is important is that you understand and you do not stick, you do not submit to this narrative. On that note, I leave you today. We will speak again tomorrow. I thank you for your time. I hope you had a great day. I hope you, I wish you a great weekend. And till we meet again, cheers and stay safe.